Hi, welcome to a Silent Hill podcast with a name that we're going to settle on later. My name is Brock Wilbur. <laughs> hey, and I'm uh, Rachel Jane Andelman. And why are we doing this, Rachel? Uh, we are doing this, I believe, because I posted a tweet that was like a Silent Hill joke. And you're like, oh, you like Silent Hill. I like Silent Hill. Uh, and then it kind of went from there. Is that a good origin story for a podcast? That's the most wholesome version of it, I think. <laughs> uh, yeah, it it wasn't just one. It was like over a series of months, you just kept having these very specific Silent Hill uh, like tweets about things. And then I came to understand that you watch like the long play videos of these, but you don't necessarily play them, but you were really interested. And I was like, well, fuck, I'm really interested. Uh and a thing that I think that has been bouncing around my brain for the last couple of years is like, I should write like a Silent Hill book mm. uh, and and go through all the games and do this. And then I was like, I don't know who that's for, because out there in the Internet world, there are some people which hopefully we'll have them as guests at some point uh, who really break this stuff down and do so much better about it. And they get into like Jungian psychology and stuff. And I'm like. My level of understanding, I'm not that fucking smart, yeah. <laughs> but talking to somebody else that is also funny and attempting to go through these things uh, is really interesting to me. And if you're joining us for the first time and you don't know what we're talking about, Rachel, how would you define Silent Hill? A Silent Hill is a town that is sometimes in Maine and sometimes in West Virginia, Rock, uh, depending on the universe you're in. <laughs> So uh, that was a that was a weird first detail to start with. <laughs> I mean, well, you're not wrong, but that's like saying sometimes there's a gas station and sometimes there isn't. <laughs> well, I guess it's striking to me because it's like I feel like those are very different states. But in the world of Silent Hill, Silent Hill is a resort town, Brock. It's where you go when you want to take a vacation. Um and then you find out a lot about Look, yourself. I, I, uh, you find out about... I love this series, and I did not realize until playing the first game that it actually is set in a resort town. I always thought that was just like a joke, but it isn't. Like, people are supposed to vacation here. No, but because, like, in Silent Hill 2, they're like, this is where we went on vacation. I want to go back. Right. That's like a huge... I, I, I'm... Rock. <laughs> Look, I maybe maybe this is the wrong thing for somebody co-hosting a Silent Hill podcast, but I'm not great at subtlety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be a problem later. <laughs> uh, for for people that are completely unfamiliar, what Silent Hill is is that it is a series of games that later became a couple of movies, a bunch of comic books, this whole extended universe, and the idea of it is sort of based in that there is a town and whatever version of this that you're whichever story you're in you're always playing as a protagonist and the town sort of changes what's fucked up about it based on what you as a person have done wrong in your past so like the monsters are never really the same and the layout of the town isn't the same and what you're doing there is always different uh but it's always based on like kind of putting together what you did wrong mm. uh or or some other sort of fucked up version of that thing and so uh it, there's little clues throughout and you're always trying to put together like you're you're trying to do good but also there's all these hints that like wait why is it nurses for this person instead of who it was for somebody else and that's what I, I think makes it uh, in the in the canon of video games so fascinating to so many people because it's not it's not Resident Evil with zombies it's it's not the sort of very simple easy things this is a complicated very artsy thing and and most of the games are based not on combat which they're often quite bad at but it's about puzzles and about like uncovering a mystery and about a lot of intangible things but it is also wholly above all else about mood uh, because it is a town that is covered in fog and mist or whatever it is uh, and you can rarely see anything but you can hear stuff uh, and it makes things scary even when there aren't monsters around you. Like the the quiet parts are the scariest part of a Silent Hill game. And that's so interesting. And the people behind it believe in this sort of art that I think sets it apart from from almost everything else. Uh, and it's so fascinating to me. And so what I think draws people in is that every iteration of this is so much different. and But so personal 
Um, and it is so terrifying on a level that uh, I don't think movies do. And, and I, it really does cause you to have this sort of like, it is, it is my easiest sell to people on what makes games art because the panic that you feel playing a Silent Hill game is different than watching a slasher film because in a slasher film you're like ah that thing jumped out in this a thing jumps out and you've got to figure out what to do and often you panicking and fucking up the controls is what makes the scare <laughs> like a real scare uh and so there's always so much to break down and so i think that the draw here for us to do this podcast is to work through the entire history of of the games and the movies and stuff sort of in chronological order uh having a laugh at, at the stuff that's laughable, but also breaking down some of the cool story stuff because most people aren't going to play these games. In fact, some of these games are unplayable unless you have a certain system, uh, which is why I just bought a PlayStation 3 so I can play some of the older ones, which it's hard because they're old games and they control so badly and it's, it's its own nightmare. So that's that's what we're here doing. Rachel, what drew you to this in the first place? Uh, I think that... Um... Uh, I, I've always been into horror. I've always loved horror, the like horror movies. Uh, and at some point I like kind of caught on to the fact that Silent Hill 2 is considered like a masterpiece of horror. Uh, and my friends who are into Silent Hill would talk about it and he's like hushed tones, you know, uh, the Silent Hill 2. Uh, and then at some point I saw the review of Silent Hill 2 on um, the website Zero Punctuation, uh, which if you don't know that, it's like uh, this kind of snarky Australian who does these like video reviews of video games. And he doesn't really like anything that's like part of it, but he like actually <laughs> likes Silent Hill 2. <laughs> it's like he's always like, he, he plays like hundreds of video games and you're like, I don't know the when he's ever had a positive, like an and uh, like non-highly qualified positive review of something, but he like likes Silent Hill too. So that was kind of like the last straw. I was like, I need to see what everyone's talking about. And I'm not a huge gamer, and I certainly didn't have kind of uh, the ability to just pop in the Silent Hill too. So I, I just watched the cutscene movie. Uh, all of the cutscene movies are on YouTube, and I was just blown away uh, by the story of Silent Hill too and the mood and the music. And I was like, this is outside of being, you know, a playable video game. This is like a cinematic experience. Uh, and I'm sure playing it is fun as well. Uh, but I was just really, really drawn in by watching that and deciding that uh, the Silent Hill universe was just something I wanted to become more familiar with. Um, so I've watched some cutscene movies of the different games and beginning in September, my friends, my extremely generous patient friends have uh, uh, told me that they're going to help me actually sit down and play the games, which I am really, really horrified to do. Oh, it is not pleasant. <laughs> well, I feel like, would you agree that Silent Hill is like the, uh, the prototypical, like, this is the game where you run down hallways yelling shit, 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 shit. Like, this is the game. It is, and, and like a part of that is is what it's intended to be. Uh, one of the tenets of, of the survival horror genre as sort of started by Resident Evil uh, is this idea that you're placing these situations where there's monsters and scary stuff, oftentimes based on like these forced camera angles. You can't even see if you're in the same room with one of these things that's about to kill you, but you also like have a gun but you have like four bullets and there's like 80 things coming at you. So like it's a resource management thing, but also part of it is the strategy of like, you need to run away. You need to know what situations you cannot possibly hold your own in. And sometimes those are very, very difficult to, to judge. Uh, but you also hit on, I think, what is probably the big draw here, which is that even from this first entry that we're talking about today, and especially with the second entry and moving forward, uh, this represents like sort of this uh, art film, adult, uh, often hypersexual uh, <laughs> approach to like storytelling in a way that video games just don't fucking do. Mm. Uh, and it, it is it is like the the dark like art festival run version of like <laughs> what a video game was. So the fact that it's even had a series instead of just being like one thing that people were like, well, that was goddamn weird. 
uh, it makes it better. And like, there's also parts of it that uh, there's like, there's some complications of localization and translation. So, so oftentimes, especially in the first few games, some of the dialogue is just like that, that doesn't work, but it's also, uh, it is a series that loves before all things, twin peaks. It, Mm. It just wants to be twin peaks. And then it borrows a lot from Stephen King's The Mist. Uh, and then it's like somewhere between those two things, here's this really, really awful, impenetrable, unpleasant experience that doesn't care if you have fun. And especially for like <laughs> 1997 video games being like, hey, here's this thing. It costs 60 bucks. You will not enjoy it. Uh, <laughs> it's like, well, that's. That's really cool. And like, who had the balls to like do that thing? And that's really interesting that it somehow like it spawned what it has become. Uh, And I I think that that fandom has rewarded it for for trying that hard or or being there is a 20 year argument about our video games art. And it's always bullshit. And and no one gives a fuck about anyone that says that they aren't because that's bad. Uh, mm. but this is one of those things that's like <laughs> video games are art. Like this is, this is a complicated, uh, like, especially if you look at silent Hill two, this is a complicated 20 hour story that, uh, and, and the zero punctuation review that, uh, that Rachel's brought up, uh, by Yahtzee Croshaw, uh, brings up a later silent Hill game. And in this later silent Hill game, uh, there's cutaways where you're in therapy and you have to tell your therapist, the things that like fuck with you and the things that you're most scared of. And then the game adapts to add those elements in, but it also like does some really dumb stuff. Like at one point you're supposed to color in like what you think your family's house looks like. And then later (laughs) you go to a house and like, if you colored the roof pink, like the roof is now pink. And it's like, this is not Mm. what it, all right. But uh, the point being that like that game, goes out of its way to say like I'm catering to like what should scare you but like Silent Hill 2 doesn't do that sort of thing Mm. and most of the early Silent Hills don't do anything like that and they still fuck with absolutely everyone Mm. like it is it is a singular story with singular elements but like it gets under your skin no matter who you are and there's something to be really picked apart about that and to figure out like why why does that work and why does it only work in video games uh and and what is there to take away from it so i think that uh, a lot of what we're going to do on this podcast as we work through these games sort of in order is to break down just the story because look no one should have to play these games it's fine. Uh, th- there's there is a, in my estimation like three that are really good and one that is an all-time classic and then there's a bunch of other stuff that's sort of like this gets into some video game filler and it's just like we had to churn something out this year uh, and it's really embarrassing. Uh, But they always have an interesting story and things that can be taken away. And anytime that we can reduce a 10 hour, $60 commitment of something that not everyone can do into something that's an hour long that people can take the stories from and like learn and enjoy. I think that that's interesting. And I, I think that that's what we're doing here, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to give you a Silent Hill experience that you can enjoy on your way to work. <laughs> and by enjoy, I mean, oh, actually, we are making something you can enjoy because we're going to take the piss out of some of this. <laughs> yeah, we're going to. Yeah, this is not a horror. Like, we are not scary. <laughs> this this podcast <laughs> I mean, is not meant be. to scare its listeners. When we do our, our our live Silent Hill 2 episode in New York in October, that's when you'll get to... Can you, can you imagine if our second episode was a live event? Uh, I think that uh, I am now offended and upset that this is not a live event. Let's, let's push <laughs> that up figu- as early as possible. Us figuring out what the show is in, in real time <laughs> should have been the live event. Hey, welcome to our We Don't Have It Named Yet Silent Hill podcast. <laughs> Uh, Let's work it out together. So uh, let's get started. This is Silent Hill 1. Silent Hill 1 came out in 1999. It came out on the original PlayStation console. Uh, As much as I love this series, I've never, like, watched a long play of it. I'd never played the game. I just got the console, like, when we decided to do the show and, and just plowed through this. 
and so we're going to have sort of a structure here that I think we're going to apply moving forward, which is just to start by telling you the story. And we'll bounce back and forth here, uh, taking up what we want to do, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Uh, so Silent Hill 1 starts with, uh, you're a guy named Harry, you've been in a car accident, your daughter's gone. And you're like, the fuck? Where's my daughter? Uh, and you get out of the car, and you're in a place called Silent Hill. Hence, Silent Hill. Uh, but, uh, Harry gets out of this car, and in very 1999 video game, early dialogue is like, what is this? A ghost town? Where is everyone? This is spooky. It's like, I just, I love the ability to, like, just declare the first level stuff of everything he sees like this is strange uh, <laughs> which doesn't like, doesn't set the tone <laughs> Ex- oh my god you might as well like turn to, talking to the camera and like door like like door the explorer it's like what is going on and then just wait wait for us to answer swipe or no swiping but about stealing my daughter <laughs> So he's like, oh, this is a ghost town. He starts walking away. And this is when we hit our first sort of like fixed camera angle thing, which is uh, this thing where the camera takes these very artistic shots that are like from above or suddenly from a side or it twists in a way that it shouldn't. But you can't control the camera angle. So you have to sort of change how you're moving the character every time it changes, mm. which mostly means that you're just running face first into walls. <laughs> like, you're just like, I don't know what to do. Uh, and so you wander through this section here, which uh, we're, I'm going to I'm going to moving forward, not reference the movie until we get to the movie episode. But it is right. the exact same uh, camera angles that they use for when the similar character in the movie goes through. It. And it's like that. It's cool. It, it is it is a series of camera angles that is much more iconic than the entirety of this game. Uh, so you walk through uh, this sort of area and like suddenly everything is made out of like weird fences and blood and you're like, what is this? And then a bunch of weird little monsters come out of nowhere. You have no ability to defend yourself and they kill you. And then the screen goes to black and it was like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> what am I supposed to do? Uh, you wake up in a diner. Uh, there was no way to defend yourself. Like that's just what was supposed to happen. Uh, and who else is in the diner? But this cop named Sybil from the next town over who's like, hey, who are you? And you're like, I don't wait. Who are you? Why is there a cop here in this diner? And she says, well, I'm a cop. And uh, you're like, OK, well, I got to find my daughter. And she's like, well, hold up. Take my gun. I have no idea why she does this thing. She's like, well, I am a police officer, but you are a man. So you should just have this gun, I guess. And then she disappears. It's like a little meta. Uh, it's like a little bit like, I see you are without a weapon. Here you go. Now you have a <laughs> don't weapon. Don't go alone. Now you have a weapon. Uh, what happens next is that there's like a broken uh, radio in the corner of the cafe. <laughs> and you walk over to it because it starts making noise. And as you pick it up, a window at the other end of the cafe breaks. And you're like, what's that? And then a giant bat monster breaks through a window right next to you. It's one of the greatest jump scares in video game history. It's so unexpected. You use the gun to shoot the bat monster. But essentially, the the gameplay thing that has opened up is that you have this radio. And every time a monster is near, the radio lets you know because it just lets terrible static out, which is one of the most horrifying, like, <laughs> device choices in the history of games like you can't see what's coming for you but you can hear like a and you're like okay well whatever's happening is bad right now yeah and can i just add that i looked it up and the screaming pterodactyl monster is the only monster besides the boss fights that you cannot just run away from like if you try to run away from it uh harry will say i gotta go finish killing that thing uh, because it's Wait, just... really? He has a sense of like of honor. <laughs> like he has to go. Like, look, I'm OCD. I've got to kill 100 percent of these monsters I've met. I think it's just like uh, it. It wants you to know how to kill a monster. So it's just like you can't leave until you get at least one. Uh, but then you can avoid them after this. It's an interesting point because he does start right next to a door. I would have. I can't believe I never thought to just be like, open the door. And then you're outside. Yeah. It's over. Uh, so uh, then you leave the diner and you're out in this town and Silent Hill is covered in this fog. You can't really see more than a few feet in front of you, but you kind of you have this map and the map tells you to go to these places. And as you explore the town, you find that like large chunks of it, there's just roads that go to these giant 
empty canyons. Like there's no way through those things. Uh, so you have to run through back alleys and so on and so forth. And at some point you start running into dogs that don't have any skin. Uh, <laughs> and you're like, all right, what's up dogs? Uh, that's not great. Uh, and the next big like plot point that happens is that you find your daughter's notebook uh, and there's a page torn out of it that just says uh, to school. And you're like, <laughs> I wonder where she went. And you're like, well, my God. OK. Uh, and if there was any sense of mystery here over where you were supposed to go, the game pauses to pull up your map and move over to where it says the school and then circles it in red. So it's like, OK, I guess I know <laughs> where we're going. Like, it's easy uh, to make fun of. But like if I were playing it, like that's the level of help that I need to play a video game. Like I would never figure that stuff out on my own. So like, thanks. Thanks, video game. <laughs> thanks, video game. Along the way, though, uh, there's all this stuff that that tries to complicate things. Uh, you find these various keys and sometimes the keys are labeled with like somebody's name and then it's a key to their house. But other times it's like, this is the lion key. And you're like, the shit does that go to where I'm going to find the lion. And then you eventually find like a weird statue. And you're like, I can open the statue now. But like, why would that be how this works? So you head to the school. You finally get into the school. And this is uh, what Silent Hill was described to me by my like middle school like friends they were like it's a game where you just wander around a school and these uh, ghost children murder you and i was like what that doesn't sound like a fun game at all <laughs> and indeed it's not there's all these small little monsters that have gigantic claws and as you like walk through these like grade school classrooms they just jump out and you uh, shoot them or hit them with a stick uh and and it is worth noting that uh, a tenant that uh, silent hill introduces that is one of the weirdest, scariest things in games is that you can shoot these monsters or hit them or stab them or whatever. But then in order to make sure they're actually dead, you have to run over and crush their necks with <laughs> with your foot. Uh, otherwise, they'll get back up and keep coming. So like you shoot something six times and then you have to go over and crack its neck. And it's just like, That's, yeah, it's good. It's important that you like physically execute everything that you come across, especially these very obvious like children stands in like what, it, what is happening? Uh, did you read? I read uh, the Wikipedia, the Silent Hill Wiki, and it told me something very interesting about those monsters. Uh, namely that uh, those are only the monsters in the North American and European versions that they're actually swapped out with different monsters in Japan because the censors said they look too much like children. I thought that was the point. That I believe it is, uh, but I believe being the point is not enough to uh, outwit the censors. The censors are... <laughs> They're like, these these obviously children-like monsters uh, look too much like children. We need to swap them out. And so that's what, they, what, that's what happened in Japan. I just think that's extremely uh, funny. This, that is fantastic. Uh, this won't be the first time I bring up parallels, but uh, there is a video game series called Dead Space where the second game is about your character maybe recovering from the PTSD of the first game. Uh, and there are several sequences where you go through like daycare centers and you run into monsters that are very childlike and there's a big thrust in that game that is like are these monsters or are you just like running through a space station like killing children uh which i, I feel like is the only other time in, in games i can think of that it's really leaning in on like you're maybe a monster and you've <laughs> got to figure out what what sanity looks like anyway you're running through the school and and this takes up a solid hour of what's maybe six hours of gameplay uh, Silent Hill, as we'll come to explore later, is a place where there are thousands of doors and almost none of them are openable. They're all jammed for reasons unless there's something to be found in that room. Uh, and uh, your main character is often really good at like holding a flashlight in their armpit, uh, but also <laughs> like having a, a weapon that uses two hands. And you're like, it's good that they have that flashlight armpit skill to be able to see in the dark. I do like uh, it, like, it complicates the character. Like, Harry Mason is a man who often walks right into walls. But if you need him to hold it, an, a, a flashlight under his armpit, he can do it. And and it re, it, I was going to get into it later in the gameplay, but it is a thing from this generation of, like, games. It's called tank controls because you are literally using one stick to control where you're facing and another one to move. 
And as these camera angles change, everything about this changes as well. So you are just mostly walking into walls or like something jumps out at you and you go to shoot it. But instead, you just walk into the bathroom and it's like, well, my God, the real horror here is the inability to control your own body. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, you keep going through the school. You start running into even smaller children that are just made out of shadows. Uh, That's weird. But uh, then there's like an air raid siren. And when the air raid siren hits, all this goes from like a normal abandoned haunted school, the normal kind, uh, into this bleak, corrupted metal hellscape where the walls are kind of made out of flesh. And you're like, oh, we've transitioned over into this other world. Everything is about to get worse. They transitioned uh, into a so slightly, it, slightly worse school. Just a slightly worse school. Just uh, what children think of school to be. Uh, yeah. And then you head down to some sewers. And this starts the process of what I fucking love about Silent Hill 1, which is that uh, everything that you're doing here uh, is about moving through the entire history of bad video game levels. It's like we abandoned town and then school and then sewers and 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 we'll we'll keep going with that. So that's this is just the start of it. Uh, The sewer is like the the sewer is like the water level of horror games, right? Right. It's like you you need a fire level, you need a water level. You need a fire level. Yeah, so uh, you wind up going through this. You you find find some bug monsters, and this is one of my other favorite video game tropes. Is like you find cockroaches, and then you're like, gotta shoot them with a gun. I don't know why <laughs> bugs and guns go together in that way. Anyway, you you eventually find just a burning woman uh, in the basement, and this giant monster next to her that has this big killer mouth, and you shoot it, and then you're out of the school, uh, and then you head to the church. Because somebody's ringing the bell at the church. And at the church, this old woman uh, named Dahlia Gillespie, who for the rest of the game, every time she walks into a scene, which she always does out of nowhere, like a ghost, uh, Harry points and goes, Dahlia Gillespie. Like, you know, the way that you (laughs) greet a person uh, by saying their whole name every time you see them. Uh, And she's like, hey, you got to go from the church to the hospital. Again, churches, hospitals, we're continuing this pattern. Mm. It's incredible. You get to the church and you find a VHS tape. You go down an elevator. You play the VHS tape. It looks like maybe you murdered a nurse. But along the way, a bunch of nurses come out of nowhere. And these nurses have no faces. And they're the monsters. Uh, And every time you sort of like knock them down with their first hit, they start crawling towards you uh, knees up first, uh, which is just the weirdest like sexual like violent thing that you can imagine for 1999 i'm sorry you said they crawled what first they crawl like sort of knees up first (laughs) yeah it's like they're welcoming you but they're also trying to kill you and it is uh it's a lot it's a lot there yeah uh so then you start into this segment of the game where you keep passing out all of a sudden harry just can't keep his blood sugar levels right. Uh, and whenever he passes out, he winds up in this room with this nurse. And uh, Lisa is her name. She She's kind of on his team, but kind of not. And maybe her face is starting to deteriorate the longer you talk. Uh, and then uh, every time she disappears, uh, Dahlia Gillespie shows back up and you're like, Dahlia Gillespie. <laughs> it's like, well, this is weird. Please. Please stop doing that thing. Uh, but she tries to explain that uh, this town is actually being taken over by the darkness. Uh, and the mark of Samael is going to claim everybody. And also Samael is the dog monster that replicates in the Hellboy movie, mm. uh, which is kind of fun. Uh, anyway, eventually at some point you meet back up with Sybil, the cop, uh, and you have the, the least progressive sequence of all time <laughs> where you find this big hole in a wall and she's like, I should go check it out. I'm a cop. And Harry goes, no, I'm a man. And she's like, you're right. You go. Uh, which doesn't doesn't play in 2018. Harry. Uh, but you just go through a hole in a wall. <laughs> uh, I guess I'm playing as that guy right now. <laughs> Maybe I'll let the dog bite Harry a couple more times. Then I need to. Yeah, just let him do that. And and. 
there is something to be said also about like the uh, the enemies in this game uh, don't just like bite you like in the way that you would expect from like an NES game or something. There isn't just like, oh, it touched you and you were hurt. A lot of them will like pin you to the ground and you have to wrestle to get up and stuff. And it, that was another like sort of innovative thing about this. Like, oh, that's really interesting and cool. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> you're kind of being horny up on this nurse who keeps disappearing. Uh but the, uh, the world around you keeps getting worse and worse. And uh, by the time you get out of here, uh, the streets of Silent Hill are completely gone. And they've been replaced by just these chain link fence things with like darkness beneath them. And it's dark out. And uh, my God, it gets so bad so fast. And I was like, wow, that is like still years later, just such a really effective thing. Like the world is left and you are in actual hell. Mm. Uh, and that's that's so weird. You move from here to a mall. Again, just a haunted, abandoned mall. We are just checking these <laughs> locations off. Uh, where there's like a Virgin Records, but there's a wall of TVs that taunt you with like a, a video of your daughter being tortured. And I was like, that's a bit much. Uh, yeah. the, the floor falls out from under you and you wind up in this like sand pit where there's this like dune sort of worm thing that you have to shoot. Uh, and when you think it's dead... It comes back to life and like runs away. And this sort of continues the theme that happens throughout the game, especially in boss fights where you never really beat anything. Everything just sort of slinks away and like it's definitely still alive and it can come back at any time. And, and there's no victories to be had here. It's a bleak game. I, <laughs> I appreciate that. So you move from there to an abandoned police station. Another great location. Uh, and then from there, you're sent to Bachman Road, which is named for Richard Bachman, who wrote The Mist, oh, Stephen King's side name. Uh, but also, like, you're picking up also on the Twin Peaks themes by this point, because Harry is, of course, named for Harry, hey, who is the sheriff Truman. in Twin Peaks. There's there's all that. Uh, and then you fight a gigantic moth monster. And the moth monster, like the dune worm, you don't really beat him like at some point the air raid siren just goes off and then it, it vaporizes into light and you're like, all right, well, didn't really do that. So then you head to the sewers. Uh, <laughs> another level. This first game doesn't have a lot of the same like heavy thematic stuff throughout as the others do. It has these little chunks of stuff. And then in the interim here, there is video game. Uh, and, Time to go some to that the is, sewer. <laughs> Time yeah, it's just like, yeah, and that's why you got to head to the sewers. And like in later games, it'll be like, because that's your dead wife's favorite place to go. And you're like, why did she love the sewers? But I guess I can't argue with it. <laughs> At least it tries to like make some of this work. This is just like a run through of every B-horror location that ever existed. And you're like, yeah, I guess we'll go with that. And uh, it's like, it's like so implied they... that everyone is dead, right? It's implied that everything is empty because everyone died. Right. So they're just yeah, like, <laughs> they're just like, oh, you think there are living policemen? Well, let me put your mind at rest. They're dead. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so what happens from here is that uh, you finally go into sort of the uh, old resort town area of Silent Hill. Uh, and the problem here is that uh, it's also called South Park. <laughs> uh, which I just I don't know how many references they tried to fit in here but like it's 99 they knew what they were doing uh, and and that was a reminder like I mentioned before I was like oh I keep forgetting that this is supposed to be a resort town because it's just awful everything here is quite bad I don't know who's taking the vacation here um, so you get to the amusement park uh Amusement park is like what I thought would be the last of the locations that like, yes, that's definitely haunted. Uh, and then you get onto a boat and of course the boat is haunted too. And out of nowhere, every like living character that you've met in the game up to this point just shows up and they're like, well, you got to go try to save the, the girl. Uh, and he's like, yeah, that's what I've been trying to do. I'm just <laughs> looking for my daughter so I can get the fuck out of here. I don't care about the weird darkness or whatever else you guys have going on. You keep talking about magic spells. Like none of that makes sense to me, which I appreciate the realism of that. Uh, and even, even in the scene, he points and he's like Dahlia Gillespie when she shows up on the haunted boat out of nowhere. Uh, 
so he's walking out into the amusement park and uh, a little ghost girl named Alessa is out there and he tries to run up and grab her and he just fucking face plants into a ghost force field. And then he does it again. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. I can't believe it isn't a meme or a gif we go to all the time. He just keeps running face first into the ghost shield. Well, because uh, at, at first you think it's like what's when, when you like uh, you the ghost like pushes you back, but then you realize he's just walking right. into a wall, and you're like, "That's much better." Yeah. And after an entire game of walking into walls constantly, I was like, "Ah, yet again, here <laughs> we are." Uh, so what comes from this is a dumb series of events, but we finally get the plot spelled out to us, and that is that. Uh, Dahlia Gillespie's daughter, Alessa, is this girl that had a power and they tortured her and they tried to get the power out of her and it didn't work. But now Henry's daughter is caught up in her spirit. uh, And so they're going to try and sacrifice her to do this thing. And everyone just winds up in this goddamn Satan pit at the bottom of a mine uh, where they're all like yelling at each other and everything is on fire. Uh, and that's when a, there's a guy that we haven't brought up that you encounter him a couple of times and his name's Kaufman. Mm. Uh, and he's just like a business dude with a briefcase that he likes taking everywhere. Uh, and he shows up out of nowhere and he's like, I hate you. I'm mad about all this. And he throws like this bottle of magic elixir and hits the spirit of your daughter. And she turns into a gigantic nightmare horned demon creature that shoots fiery lightning and burns everyone alive except for you so you have to keep shooting her (laughs) so it's like it's not even that she like becomes it it's like she she's like the incubator and she like gives birth to it i think it's like he like uh triggers the birth of this giant monster uh out out of out of her spirit so yeah it isn't her as so much as like bringing a demon forth into the world uh and yeah it's uh i think that it's worth noting that like for me watching it uh on youtube and just being like wow this is really complicated this is a complicated complicated backstory um I feel like they had the idea of like what they wanted in terms of like the imagery to be first and then they worked backwards from there. And I feel like it is such a complicated backstory and it's uh, I just feel sort of frustrated when I think about it. Uh, It reminds me. Why so? (laughs) It reminds me of the time I was uh, with my friend and I was explaining to him the backstory of Freddy Krueger. He had never seen. Uh, he'd never seen Nightmare the, the um, Nightmare on Elm Street so I'm like okay this is Freddy Krueger's deal and afterwards my friend was like that's ridiculous that's ridiculous that that's his deal that story is so complicated uh, they just wanted a guy who went after kids and they worked backwards from there and he has like this very uh, complicated backstory which compared to Silent Hill is actually pretty simple and intuitive for me the silent hill is like okay we want uh there's just we want demons we want this old woman and like okay we have all of that that's like where that's what we're sticking with and let's write the story now that we know like what we want it to look like and i'm just like this is so unsatisfying um in terms of a backstory and i really wish they would stop trying to explain it to me I just would rather not know. <laughs> I would just rather be scared, you know, than, uh, okay, we're going to lay out this. Okay, are you in front of, of the nine TV screens that are hissing static? Because we're about to give you a tiny chunk of this very complicated backstory. And I'm like, nope, <laughs> just show me some I, more. I, uh, just show me some more sad monsters. I don't need to know. And they're like, no, really, here's a chunk of information. I'm like, just... Just put it back in. Just put the chunk back in. I, I don't need to know. I think you've made you've made an incredible point point here, which is that like if we'd cut out the ten minutes of explanation, which it's it's by far and away the largest chunk chunk of like pre rendered like movie in the entirety of the game is just these sudden ten minutes of like all these people will explain like the master plan right before the final boss battle, and you're just like don't care, just 
give me a big scary monster if you have no context for it like that'd be so much more interesting yeah uh which it is worth mentioning that there is a uh, a freddy nes game uh a nightmare on elm street game that came out like 85 86 and the the sort of conceit behind the game is that while your teenager is awake there's a bunch of monsters out in the world but they're pretty easy to kill but as soon as they go to sleep, everything becomes much stronger and it it's much easier to kill you. And so you have to find coffee to wake back up again to make like the world like passable, <laughs> uh, which I feel like uh, like some of Silent Hills perhaps uh, stems from that point. I was like, oh, that's you know, that's a, a base for what this is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, everyone's down here in the goddamn demon pit. Uh, the monster kills a bunch of people uh, and then you shoot the monster and this is what ends uh, every Silent Hill game uh, has a whole bunch of different endings and the endings infuriatingly are based on conditions that no one fucking knows like it is a (laughs) whole process for people that takes months sometimes after a game comes out to figure out how you achieve these different endings because it's not uh, based around like stuff these days in games about like oh you made all good person choices or all bad person choices or what have you it's about like did you examine the doll that no one (laughs) knew was in this room and then did you yell at this fence and you're like no i didn't know the yell at the fence was the option did i miss the good ending and they're like there's four good endings but like which one's the best and you're like i don't know what the scoring system is that you're using here. So the rundown of the endings here on the game is that there's one where uh, your daughter gets returned to you. And I, I can't tell if I'm wrong about this, but she's a baby now. And I don't think she was a baby at the start of the game. I don't think she was a baby either. I think that she is. She was like a a daughter. (laughs) Right. She's like, the baby is like basically your child, like even in the good endings, your child is dead. Right. And like, this is the reincarnation of your child. And it's like, oh, I guess right, we're literally is, starting over with this whole parenting thing. <laughs> which is so goddamn weird. How is that the good ending is like, well, we reset your baby. <laughs> but you're going to like raise her right this time. You're going to be uh, honest. And now, you know, the incredibly Byzantine backstory to her birth. So you're going to be a good <laughs> father now. <laughs> you're going to do it right <laughs> The Byzantine backstory of her birth, Rachel, I'm so glad we're doing this. (laughs) So, yeah, the best version of it is you get the baby and Sybil the cop makes it out with you. Uh, The second best good ending is that sort of you run away with the baby. Sybil does not make it out with you. Uh, And then there's this sort of shot that implies like maybe you're stuck in Silent Hill forever, which is the most Silent Hill possible answer to have here. then that we get into the, some of the dark endings, uh, which there's one that just cuts from this to Harry being dead behind the wheel of the car accident. <laughs> I know I shouldn't laugh, uh, and, but I like like that's a really good like for me that's the good ending. The, that should be it. Like he died and he did all this stuff. That's the Black Mirror version. But also the way that his character model is done in that ending. It looks like he's just in a bus somewhere taking a nap. And I was like, where's that bus going? And then I heard the car horn just forever honking. I was like, oh, he dead. Yeah. Never mind. That's not, <laughs> that's not what happened. Uh, also, are we going to, and then there yeah, is, are we going to talk about yeah. the different, like, I love the fact that uh, there's like a, an ending that's considered good and an ending that's considered bad. And the difference is, is that in the good ending, Sybil dies, but you get a baby. But the uh, the bad ending is that Sybil lives and you don't get the baby. And I just think that's amazing that, like, uh, like Sybil's considered such a throwaway character that, uh, like, her death does not make it a bad ending, but not getting the baby makes it a bad ending. That's fucked up. <laughs> it's like, what about Sybil, you guys? It's like... She should... Sybil, the the only other protagonist in this story. I know. Uh, and, like, no one... Like, I was reading, again, the wiki on her character, and uh, no one can agree whether her... She... Whether her living 
is considered canon. Like, the creators don't care. Uh, they're like, whatever. Sometimes she lives, sometimes she doesn't. We're not gonna, we don't care enough to make a decision about whether that's canon. Uh, and I just think that's like that, so. That part in- makes. That part makes sense. I mean, that part makes sense, at least in the terms of like, this is the only video game series where like, there is no continuity. Like, we're never going to see any of these characters again. So it's, yeah, I guess to them, it doesn't matter. Like, you can do these different endings, but like Sybil's never coming back. So that that part's, I, I would be fine with not knowing where it was going, but the treatment within the game is exceptionally shitty. Yeah. We can agree on that. <laughs> uh, and then what happens is a thing that, just boggles the mind that happens in in silent hill games which is that there's some weird dumb sci-fi ending uh (laughs) which has an an impenetrable set of like rules to accomplish it for this one uh you have to have beaten the game before once or twice uh and then you get a rune stone that you have to activate at five locations within the game and the ending that you get at this point is literally mars attacks uh and I'm, i'm not joking a uh, UFO comes out of the sky and sits down in front of Harry and he's like, have you seen my daughter? And then it replicates a couple of cards from the original Mars attacks of him being shot by the Martians. Oh my God. And then that's just the end of the game. And then uh, some credits roll that are now done in a very silly sci-fi version. But as you mentioned already, the music for this slaps. It's amazing. <laughs> I'm like, this is some of my favorite Silent Hill music. I know that Silent Hill is, has considered some of the best video game music of all time, but this song, I'm like, I am bopping to this. This is great. This is like way better than it should be considering the throwaway nature of this ending. And I've always been like kind of down on these weird joke endings, but in revisiting this first one and playing through it, I think what I took away from it was like, Oh, this must have been like a fucking miserable production process. Like you come into work every day to make the saddest thing you can possibly make. <laughs> that's like scary, but also like, uh, like you've played Braid, right? Or have you I've, seen that? I've played parts of Braid. Right. So like the the creator of that, like it's a it's a game that's very much like Mario Brothers, but there's a time control element. There's little weird like hedgehog creatures and dudes walking around, but. Every time you like jump on one of their heads to knock them down, they make like the saddest little sound. And <laughs> inevitably you put together through the narrative of the game that your character, I guess, just like Silent Hill, fuck, uh, is actually like the bad guy. Like you're an abusive like boyfriend and you're a real piece of shit. Uh, so like all these little creatures that you're taking on along the way, like it, it hurts them for you to kill them. Uh and like that it's it's very much true in silent hill like you have these creatures that are they're not monsters that are happy to be monsters right they're not like the wolfman or dracula they're some nurse made out of like haunted doll parts that every moment of existence is hell uh and so they want to be killed by you but they also are just fueled by anguish like, none of this is fun. It isn't fun to win, and it's impossible to win, and it's not fun to lose either. It's just sad. Every part of it is sad. So it's like the idea of, like, coming into work and one day being like, you guys, what if a UFO came about at the halfway point of the game on your replay and just shot you? You die. Aliens are real. And then we just play the fucking rockin'est song that we've got. And it's like... You know what? We're gonna take a Saturday. We'll work for free to put that in. It would, that would, it that's would like a real morale good, booster. Mostly. It's the morale booster <laughs> to work on that ending. <laughs> I hope that this is a bit that we continue throughout the series. It's like, hey, what do you think made people feel good to work on this thing? <laughs> yeah, I would definitely say that, like, just like a fun credits of just like destroying Harry with their alien zappers, and then just composing that slapping music is like this was this made the last eight or ten months like really worth it for me (laughs) it's a good cap uh so this is the section of the show where we'll get into like what the gamic elements are of this uh and this is the 
earliest game in the series. So this was just a living hell to play through. I just hated every second of it. But I was like, I'm glad I did it. Uh, and there's part of this show that I was excited to do because it's like, there's a bunch of games in this series. I've played like half of them, but like I consider myself like a huge fan. And like if I was a Star Wars fan who'd watched half the Star Wars, I'd be kind of shit at what that is. So like this is an excuse to finally do like games that I know won't be fun, but I think it's important. So this was, uh, <laughs> God, it's just a real flashback into like unpleasantness. And I was texting Rachel through the whole thing. I was like, yeah, this is th like, and I just got like a 4K TV because uh, I got a new job and I was like, I spend all my time watching TV. I should have that. But watching uh, 1998 uh, PlayStation 1 art on a 4K TV is like burning your eyeballs slowly. So it was it was horrible in that way. But also like you have a gun that has a couple of bullets per like reload. And then you have to go into a menu and like manually reload the gun. Unlike like modern games where like when you're done shooting the last bullet, your character just reloads the gun. It's it's about managing. Can I tell you that like? Can I tell you like when I started watching, I was shocked, um, not even like at the quality of the art, but the fact that is like when I checked, I'm like the like the the difference in year. Silent Hill one was released in 1999. Silent Hill three mm -hmm. is released in 2004. So, right. So, like, having watched, like, Silent Hill 3, I'm, like, I'm shocked that four years earlier, like, this is what it looks like. Uh, I'm, like, these guys, like, there is nothing attractive about these characters outside of the cutscenes at all. <laughs> They're just, like, jittery it, I, pieces of garbage. I was a little shocked by that, too. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and the weird part of it is that, like, um, so I just wrote a book about the video game Postal, which is from 95, and it's fucking awful. Uh, <laughs> I, I hate it and I hate everyone behind it. But uh, it's from a period in PC games that, that extends back even a few years before that. Because, my God, was it not a technical marvel on any level. But uh, it was based uh, in this sort of game design philosophy where you'd have these hand-painted backgrounds and then like things moved on top of it. Uh, and the next couple of Silent Hill games are based very much in that where like everything just feels like this beautiful, serene, insane watercolor portrait that you happen to be walking across and occasionally things make you bleed. Uh, <laughs> and it's like, that's so, that's so fucking cool and interesting. And Francis Bacon has come to life to haunt you. Uh, and this is not that this is, this is working with the best that they had to work with in video games at the time, which is just a bunch of pixels. But that said, there are so many sections of this game, especially when you get into like the dark other world and stuff that you're like, shit, this is pretty good. Mm -hmm. Like they did the best with what they could. Like some of the uh, when they get into the the first time the school turns into the other world, like the walls look like they're made from pulsating flesh. Like as mm -hmm. the series goes, we'll get into more like there's a section here that we I wanted to include in, in our coverage <laughs> of this stuff where I wanted to talk about like the cool art on the walls because all the games I've played have these like actual like watercolors that are built in that give like backstory. And you're just like, what fucking brilliant yeah. artist just like worked on this full time. That's not here. That's <laughs> not a part of, of silent Hill one silent Hill one is like, can I not die because I kept facing the wall while, while something with wings just beat the shit out of can me. I tell, can I tell uh, you something that I appreciate though? I appreciate when you're like, even on day one, they got those flesh walls down. Team Silent was like, <laughs> guys, we don't know how to make it. We don't know how to do the paintings yet. But we are on making those flesh walls. Day one, they're on it. Like that. I love that that's the first thing that they master. And everything comes after that. And, and I don't know whose idea it was to like have the world twist at some point. To like the ground is gone. And it's just like chain link fencing but it's the most effective thing i've ever seen it was probably super easy to do because like there's nothing beneath that it's just darkness mm. so all the walls not just the floor but like the walls everywhere you go in silent hill at that point are just chain link fence it just looks like somebody's bed spring uh and occasionally like a bat flies out of it and you're like <laughs> this was really effective like this is the best use uh, of things at the time and it's 
it it's overwhelmingly still effective. It's so cool and interesting. Uh, and like horror, especially like indie horror is always so like interesting, especially when you're working on like, these were our limitations. We could make 28 days later, like 28 days later, the, uh, the sequences in the middle of London where there's no people there. Uh, Danny Boyle got to do that because he hired strippers to stand in traffic and flash their breasts at like the crowds and that stopped traffic for a while. Oh like my he, God. he used hooters to make the scariest thing I've ever seen on film. And that's how you turn it in for under like whatever, a hundred thousand or whatever it costs. It's like, okay. So like there's, there's ways around things that are clever and, and you just work with what you got. And this feels like though we worked with what we, this, this is the Blair Witch mm. of the Silent Hill series. Mm. Like I, we had these things, but like the fact that this laid the groundwork for people to be like, you know what? I want more of that. Uh, I want more of that game where a dude watched his child die, but then the child comes back as a baby that he has to re-raise. <laughs> and that's the best version of it. Like it's, it's otherworldly that that's a cool thing that we we enjoy. <laughs> yeah. Like his kid dies in every version of the game. <laughs> 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 oh, I hadn't noticed that. You're right. There's a pattern, and it's child death. Yeah. So, as mentioned at the start of this, most of the Silent Hill series involves, like, monsters change based on the person and, like, what's happening. The dogs without skin don't make so much sense here, and the weird bugs don't mean a lot. Uh, the nurses seem to be based in in the idea of uh, having raised this child and then tortured this child, and that's part of what's wrong with this town. Uh, but the one that I kept waiting for, because this doesn't happen a lot outside of this game, there's these flying pterodactyl monsters, and that's the first monster you encounter in the game, really, uh, that you can defeat. And it's like, the fuck is going on there? Uh, and it all made sense the moment that uh, his daughter's spirit becomes this giant flying devil in the very last shot of the game and I was like oh that's so interesting that this monster was here to foreshadow the last minutes that you will play either living or dying in in this game like that's really clever and weird yeah. with this long shot payoff <laughs> yeah you're like good for you um <laughs> I read according to the according to the wiki that pterodactyl is based on I think an illustration in like a Robert Louis Stevenson book. What? Uh, like, there's this idea that uh, some of the monsters or that monster are based on, like, illustrations that of books that, I guess, Alessa, like, that Dahlia read to Alessa and that they're, like, her childhood book illustrations coming to life. Um, again, on the Wikipedia, so... That's so cool. <laughs> like, I think that's pretty cool. Although it does, it is interesting. Like, to me, what's interesting about the monsters is, like, how much they are based in just kind of telling us about the town and not so much telling us about Harry. Like, I feel like right. th these monsters are kind of, like, the town's way of really getting up in Harry's face and telling him about kind of the traumas of the town. But I feel like, I still don't know, like, if I feel like I know Harry that well from the monsters, like there's nothing right. about them that really like are like, oh, th these are from him. These are his. This is his psyche kind of coming to life. This and and that feels like um, this is this is episode one. This is this is figuring out like how to be scary and what starts in Silent Hill two is like, oh hey. White boy, did you know that you're actually the source of all the wrongs in the world? Uh, and, and then it's, uh, oh, oh yeah, my, you know, white male guilt uh, is actually what caused uh, everything to be haunted and fucked. Uh, and and then from there they learned like, oh, it's it's really interesting to have a protagonist that's also the bad guy. Yeah, Harry is not a bad guy here. He's he just wakes up and like his his daughter is gone and he's putting together a mystery. But also, uh, there is a mystery that we've overlooked a little bit, which is that there's these sort of like text logs of around town in various books that detail the poisoning slash murder of various people on like the city council. 
which mm. leads to the city being abandoned. And it's not entirely like sold that it has anything to do with the cult uh, or this this weird church. It's just sort of like this. Um, I, I, I didn't see any sort of wrap up to the story, but it feels like this sort of thing that's selling this idea that like this was a fuck haunted black spot on the map mm. and like darkness was here and evil was here. And there's a lot of like, it's a very Stephen King needful things, sort of like Castle Rock isn't doing so hot right now. Uh, and and I, I, th- I found that very interesting because I'd never known that that thing was there. So in playing through, it's like, oh, there's stories about like in, in the hospital, like, oh, the police chief was died. But like, I don't think he was murdered, but he's definitely poisoned. And you're like, what is this separate storyline that... It definitely doesn't involve Dahlia or anybody yeah. else. It's just like everyone here got murdered uh, by different means. And maybe at some point that's what leads to like, maybe it didn't need the darkness to take over town to like kill everybody. Maybe at some point everyone was like, I should leave. <laughs> this doesn't this doesn't feel great. Uh, the property values here are dropping uh, just like city council members. <laughs> I just shouldn't be here. Uh, and, and there is... Uh, there are the one or two characters in here that that he interacts with, especially Lisa, the nurse, that uh, he's like, hey, where'd everybody go? And she's like, I don't know. Everybody's gone. Maybe I took a nap for too long. And you're like, I don't think the town cleared out during nap time, but like, OK. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but and, and this does develop a thing that like Silent Hill 2 does. Uh, and I can't wait to get to it. But it is this thing that you encounter other living people and there's so few of them. But their ability to understand what's happened is either uh, so twisted that they don't they don't actually know or mm-hmm. they are deliberately lying to you in this way. They're like, right. I just don't know where every, everyone is. And then they try to kill you and you're like, I think you did. Uh, yeah, I feel like so it's 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 yeah. yeah, compared to Silent Hill 2, everyone in Silent Hill 1 feels like basically straightforward. Um, uh, you know, Lisa, uh, Lisa's like. Uh, Lisa and similar characters who are like really like trying, you know, just to tell you what they know. There's no that they're not. There's not the sense of dissembling. Uh, the only character who kind of dissembles or feels sort of seedy, I guess, is Kaufman. Um, he's like, "Give me back my red vial," and you're like, "Did I just literally save you?" <laughs> and then Dahlia's like. Aah! just gibberish she just is gibberish lady i'm like i don't understand what you're saying so like nobody she, nobody's she, like a real like cool character nobody's like a real slick character in silent hill one <laughs> that's that's excellent that's really good <laughs> dahlia is just pouring lore out of her mouth and you're like hold up give me like one story to work with here this is a lot. she and she does it, it slips over into like maybe i lied about everything before and i just want to murder the ghost of my daughter's ghost and you're like you gotta go back four steps (laughs) (laughs) she's like i've tricked you and you're like i literally don't know what's going on so how can i be tricked so is this unfair to be like uh I, I guess what I think of when I think of, of, of Silent Hill 1 is more like uh, how in the 50s there's the thing from another world and then in the 80s John Carpenter does the thing and he's like, what if uh, I take that initial like seed of an idea and just shove a billion ideas into it, including philosophy and very complicated things and stuff that like I won't answer. And that feels like what maybe the jump from one to two is. And this will be an interesting problem maybe over the course of what we're doing, which is that the second entry in what we're covering is what we can all agree on is art. Uh, And then other things followed up that are, are better and lesser. uh, But like we peak right out of the gate. (laughs) (laughs) It is like, it is funny how, I mean, that's not um, unusual, right? Like, you know, the, um, I was like Godfather part two is considered the best Godfather. Um, Only in Silent Hill, they made like, eight godfathers <laughs> yeah, that sounds like the worst hell actually 
just so many Godfather films and you've got to write them all up. Yeah, that sounds about right. Godfather, Shattered Memories, Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> so this has been the uh, the first episode of our thing. Rachel, where can people find you online and support your work? <laughs> um, if they're in Boston, they can see me on stage at Improv Boston. And if they are anywhere but Boston, they can find me on Twitter at R-A-J-A-N-D-E-L-M-A-N pronounced Raj Andelman, I think. Uh, I'm Brock Wilbur at Brock Wilbur on the Twitter place, uh, brockwilbur.com, and uh, have some other podcasts. Look those up, but also support our editor, uh, Terrence Wiggins, who is at the Black Nerd on Twitter. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening to the first episode of our show. Please tune back in again. Uh, and uh, s- sorry about how fucked up everything is all the time. <laughs> It's, you know, uh, it is what it is. It is what it is. That's our closing (laughs) line for this show. Okay. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Bye.